podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey everyone, before we get into the Quick Take Hot Take episode, I just want to chat with you real quick about our two amazing sponsors. I know all you guys are loyal boneheads, so you already know. But the Armchair Media Network, their newest, biggest sponsor is Tix Blitz. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z. They're the official secondary market ticket provider of the Armchair Network, and you need to be using them too. They have zero hidden fees. You don't have to check boxes to see the fees or any of that jazz. When you get on there and see a ticket for 25 bucks, when you hit checkout, that's 25 bucks. It's not going to end up being $32 or $47.60. No, that is not what it is. And unlike any of these other places, they literally have tickets anywhere you want to go. Live music, theater, sporting events, any of them. If you want to go to the Super Bowl, hell, go use TixBuds. They'll get you in there. If you use promo code armchair, that's capital A-R-M-C-H-I-R, you're going to get 5% off already low ticket prices. What you see is what you get. Start living those memories. And then also, they've been with us the longest. My bookie, kill my bookie. Go in there, use our promo code BOYS25 to get the 50% deposit bonus and just start betting. Bet, 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 and win, win, win. You win, they pay. They're the official online book of Basso's Boys. They've been here since the beginning. Keep taking their money. Now, let's get into the show. It's the moment of the evening Every K-State fan enjoys Settle down and pour a whiskey Crack open a LaCroix Please put your hands together And make a little noise For your favorite wildcatters The handsome Bosco Boys Ooh, Bosco's Boys Come on, boys And we're back with Quick Take Hot Take uh, what a first half by the Cats, currently up eight points in the number 14th ranked Texas Tech Red Raiders. It's 32-24 real quick. You got Barry Brown with 11, Dean Wade with eight, Mac Maywin with four, X with two, Cam Stokes with three, all of them from the free throw line, and Swaggy Mike has two two-point jump shots uh, with four points. That's how you get your 32. Grant, you know... We, we've said this a couple times now. I don't think you could ask for a much better first half. That was half. a perfect first half, and this is this is my first full quick take hot take. My blood is pumping. I'm ready to roll. Coming in hot after watching the game, and this is great. I love it. Um, yeah, perfect first half. Our defensive intensity was exactly what it needs to be, and it was super, super efficient. Guys were diving all over the floor. It's great. And offensively, we looked pretty solid. Um, you know, Barry's hitting shots. Uh, Dean looking aggressive right from the start, just what we need. He's spreading the floor for us. So, I, I mean, would you say Dean's like looking a hundred percent at this point? I still think his conditioning isn't up there. He's getting pulled to get blows far more than I'd like it. You know, I want to see Dean Wade getting close to 30 minutes out there. And I, th- I every time he comes out, he's sucking wind pretty hard. I think his mental game is there. I think when he has his wind under him, I think his game is there. I think it's just the conditioning that's going to be the next thing. But, I mean, he is looking saucy out there. He's three for five from the field. He grabbed two rebounds after having 
uh, three games back-to-back after that really great rebounding performance versus Iowa State. He's only pulled down one rebound in the game since. So I'm glad to see him already grab two of those rebounds um, to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer, something to keep an eye on, a little bit of foul trouble. Mac Mayween, he stays on brand. Uh, One very early foul and then kind of a ticky-tack foul to pick up his second in the first half. Xavier Sneed has two. Cam Stokes has two, and Hardy also has two. So that's going to be something we have to keep our eye on. Their uh, center, though, Odacy, Odious, whatever we want to call him, he does have three, and Mooney also has two for them. So uh, the Red Raiders aren't immune from having some of that foul trouble. Uh, But that is something we're going to want to keep our eye on because, you know, uh, I think Mac, regardless of some of the uh, things I've said about him, when he's on the floor, his defense over the last couple of weeks has truly stepped up, and he's he's hit both his shots. We are a much better team with him on the floor, so I really <clears> hope <throat> he can avoid getting that third foul super easy or super. Early. I definitely agree. You could see that there was quite a big drop off when when Max stepped off the floor. You know, gosh, he loves those those moving screens. There's got to be something that we can drill into his head to get him to not not do those anymore. But um, yeah, they went on. We went on really our only big drought of the half when Mac picked up his second foul and went out, um, and Stockard came in to fill in. They they ran off, I wanted to say, an 8-0 run and took the lead there early in a bit. So hopefully Mac can stay foul-free and um, – because, I mean, we're going to need him, absolutely. He's got the aggressive the aggressiveness tonight, and he's got that soft touch tonight. So Mac could honestly end up being the difference tonight. I hope so. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen it before. We get out to this eight point lead. I don't think that's necessarily safe. My hot take from that first <laughs> half is they need to get back to focusing on defensive rebounding. Texas Tech only hit eight field goals uh, in that first half. Only six two point. Three of those were tip putbacks just off of missed missed jump shots. You know, if you block out better if you're paying a little bit more attention to that ball coming off the rim you could be looking at a half where texas tech only has 18 points only three made uh two-point field goals uh so i really hope that they focus on that because texas tech absolutely killed us on yeah the they're murdering us and they're so so long well, on, i oh, mean they're murdering us on not their offensive rebounds yeah and they just seems like they just keep getting chance after chance and they're just they're super long and athletic, so if we're not perfectly positioned, they have that ability to kind of slide in there and get those tip ins, which is something that we're absolutely gonna have to clean up. Because you're right, it's it's hundred percent keeping them close in this game. If we cut those out, this could be much worse for them. <clears throat> yeah, one hundred percent. And again, the glory of the quick take hot take, I'm looking at the stat sheet. Yes, they have six points just off of put back uh you know, put back layups, but we did ended up, we ended up out rebounding them 15 to 12. I do think that is a bit off of the field goal percentage. Cause if you look at that first half, K-State shot 54.5% from the field, uh, and which, which is insane. Our two point field goal percentage, we, we went 10 from, let me do the quick math, 10 for 13. We only, only missed three two-point shots that entire first half, which is insane. The three-point shooting still not great. We went two for nine, and one of those makes 
was a bank and the other one was a step back right at the end of the shot clock. So again, you know, that is still a little concerning, but if you're going to be making, you know, close to 60, 70% of your two point shots, then I think I, I beggars can't be chooser. I'm going to take that every game rest. Of the yeah, season. absolutely. So going into the second half, what do we want to see here? You know, I really want to see a continuation of Dean Wade being efficient, you know, going 60% from the field. I'd like to see him get, you know, five, six, seven more shots, end up close to that 20-point range. And I, I want to see Barry Brown uh, stick to it. Uh, the last thing that I really want to see uh, is really keep that defensive intensity. We could be gunning for another game where we hold a team to their season low. Texas Tech is not an offensive juggernaut by any means, but at the end of the day, they're still the 14th ranked team in the country. They're still coming into this, coming into the midweek games, they were still tied for first in the conference. This Texas Tech team is still a legitimately good team. So if you lax on defense, they have the ability to put up 30, 40 points and a half and really put you on the, you know, on the chopping block. So those are the three things I'm looking for going into the second half. What are you really looking for? I'm not for? sure if you heard me over here say, like, what on earth? I had some weird Siri talking in my head. I don't know what was going on. My computer freaked out for a second. So I kind of, like, lost half of what you said there. But I agree with you. I think I heard you say keep up that defensive intensity. I think we need to come out <clears throat> first two minutes of that second half and put that stamp on the game. That you know we're not letting up, even though we got that halftime lead. We need to keep our foot on the gas defensively. Um, I'd like to just you know keep going to keep going to Dean, get him looks, um, try to stay out of foul trouble. Absolutely. Um, I mean that's all I got. I'm, I I think most importantly we need to stay focused because we're going to get a run from them. They're going to tie the game or they're going to take the lead at some point. How are we going to answer that? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think the. One thing that I didn't mention, you get you kind of touched on it. I, I do think Texas Tech will make a run. Their defense is too good, and we haven't shown historically this season that we have the ability to just, you know, keep it going for the entire half. There is probably going to be a three, four-minute drought. The key is, A, bouncing back from that and also minimizing the run they make with our own elite defense. We've been on Twitter all day talking about how, you know, making jokes, this is real basketball <laughs> and, you know, all those type of jokes about our defensive intensity. Well, they need to just, you know, finish it and, you know, finish the job. This team hangs their hat on defense. You see it. This, this is becoming the calling card. And if you give up an eight point lead, you, you know, you're at home. The students have come out rockets. I hope we can touch on that after the second half. Hopefully we have uh, only good things to talk about. But, you know, don't give this up. Do not give this opportunity up. We're sitting here at a chance to, you know, take five straight in the Big 12 before going into the Big 12 SEC Challenge, getting right back in the thick of things. You can't give this up. There, there is a massive opportunity for this team, for this fan base, for, you know, K-State in general to capitalize off of, the, you know, what was what some people thought might be the end of the Bruce Weber era after starting over two. I'm, I'm, I'm talking fast. My heart beats going. I'm, I'm just getting pumped. I want to see us finish this off so bad. This team deserves it. The fans deserve it. The boneheads deserve it. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm really I, nervous. I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I know I, it, it gets to this point where 
uh, everything went right in that first half. And for better or worse, you're just conditioned as a K-State fan to think, okay, it went so well in the first half. Something wrong is going to happen in the second half. Uh, I hate thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy who tries to say expects expect excellence, uh, you know, demand to be elite, all that, you know, nonsense. But here I am, I'm sitting here with an eight point lead, just, you know, shaking because I'm nervous for the second half. Yeah, me too, man. But hey, I think there's one thing that we can count on and that is that defensive intensity. So it's going to be hard for them to score too. They're going to have to hit some shots and, you know, they're capable of doing so on certain nights. Let's hope it's not tonight, but Let's go calf, baby. I'm ready. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We will wrap up the first half. Uh, we will get back to you guys immediately after the game. I'm looking forward to, you know, going start to finish with you on an episode for the first time in what seems like forever. Uh, hopefully soon we can do something face-to-face. But uh, we're going to sign off. Uh, boneheads, you know, buckle up. It's going to be a big-time second half. Let's get the win. Let's go. win what a win quick take hot take k-state 58 texas tech believe it or not another season low 45 their previous low scoring was 59 before that absolutely crushed them we also scored shot 13 percent better from the field than they've been holding their opponents just an overall drubbing scott wildcat back grant is back with me grant per, i mean Yes, would have liked to score in the 60s, but defensively-wise, is that as close to a perfect game as you I mean, can get? I think top to bottom, that was just a clinic. Our defense is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, 11 out of 18 games under 60 for the opponent, which is crazy. Um, yeah, you said it, another season low. 45 points for Texas Tech. Obviously, their offense is not great, but our our defense had a ton to do with that. Um, Culver, I wanted to say, ended up with 15 points, which is, you know, pretty good. But Barry did an outstanding job on him. And, you know, I think every time X switched on him, he did a great job as well. Just, I mean, there's there's so much you can say, so much good things you can say, so many good things you can say about this defense. They're just ridiculous. And hats off to the guys and hats off to the coaching staff because they put together one of the best defensive basketball teams that I've ever seen. Probably the best at K-State. I mean, since I've been alive. Yeah, no, it, it's amazing what they were able to do. Um, Culver ended up with 17 in that Owens guy. Uh, he had 12, which for whatever reason, we can't quite guard him because I think he had a, had his previous high versus earlier in the season. But then rest of their starting line, that Odyssey guy or whatever, two points. Francis, two points. Mooney, two points. Moretti, six points. Corpru off the bench, two points. Edwards off the bench, two points. It was a defensive clinic. Held them to 32.7% shooting from the field, 217 from the field. I mean, defense was just, you know, great. I don't think there was a single guy who wasn't good on defense. Cam Stokes, a lot of his detractors try to say he's not a good defensive player. Uh, I thought he played well. I think Dean Wade is showing he is a above-average to above-average-plus defender. X defended well. Mikey McGurl defended well. Barry Brown is the defensive player of the year in my book. 
Mac Maywin defended well. Stockard, you know, he he got got out there in his minutes. He defended well. Um, let's talk a little bit. Let's bring it down a little bit. Cartier Jada hardly played in the second half when he was out there. He looked kind of lost. Um, do you think he's? It's time for another kind of butt chewing. Another uh, put him in the doghouse to get his mind right because he had a good three game stretch after the last time he had such an anonymous game like yeah, this. Yeah, another shocker from Cardi. Um, this might have been that doghouse game. I mean, he was pretty much benched throughout the entire game and thrown in out of necessity due to foul trouble. So. I don't know. I mean, he sat out for a very large portion of the first half, and I didn't see him till deep into the second half. Um, he just looks mentally not there. I don't know what it is. He he looks a little slow. I'm sure he's plenty motivated, but he just seems mentally fragile at the moment. I'm not sure how to pinpoint it, but yeah, one point out of Cardi. You know, looking at the bench, we only got. 10 points total. Mike obviously stepped up tonight, um, but not great from the bench, not great from Cardi, offensive production-wise yeah. at least. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about the bench production, as you pointed out. Mike McGurl ended up with nine points. He played well in his spurts, uh, but when you're going to defend like that, if you're going to hold teams to their season lows uh, week in, week out, you know, being able to just be solid on defense coming off the bench – Getting those nine points, that's, that's, you know, fine by me. Uh, we'll run down the point totals. Mac ended up with seven uh, points, four rebounds. Uh, Dean Wade ended up with 13 points. He grabbed four rebounds. Uh, most of his damage coming from the free throw line. He only got six points from the floor, seven, and then he went seven from eight from the free throw line. Does that concern you at all that he, I, if I'm looking at this correctly, he didn't hit a field goal in the second half. I'm trying to nitpick at the game here, uh, but is that concerning? Who's that? You cut out a little bit. That was Dean oh, Wade. Wade. He did not hit a field goal in the second half. The majority of his points came from the free throw line. Does that concern you at all? Or are you just going to say, hey, he's going to get points regardless of how it happens? Um, slightly concerning, but that's. I feel like that's probably going to be a rare thing to – I mean, what did he end up with? 14, 13. 13. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> they must have stepped up their, their defensive intensity on Dean a little bit. But, you know, if, if he can't, if he's missing shots, um, the least you can ask of him is to basically be well-rounded and be great in every other aspect of his game. And, you know, he was. He was very, very solid defensively. He was grabbing boards. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Ended up with how many boards? Four rebounds. Four. Um, had a couple. Had an assist in there. I mean, Dean was solid, and that's something that I honestly didn't notice him not scoring in the second half. <laughs> so if, if if I'm looking at everything correctly, he only he went 0 for two from the field, so he wasn't nearly as aggressive in that second half. Something that we are looking for. Um, it was hard, but you for know, him. I, it, it was hard it, for it, him to get off shots. I noticed. I mean, they were on him like glue. <clears throat> Yeah, and that did open it up. Uh, Barry Brown ended up with 15. With he grabbed seven rebounds himself. He let me quick look. He was tied for the second most rebounds in the entire game, most for K State. So he went 15 and seven. Cam Stokes eight and three. 
Um, you know, as a big cam defender, I just want to be straight up honest. He did go one for six from the field, which wasn't a good night for him. Another guy who got most of his points from the free throw line. He did end up with three rebounds, three assists, led the team with assists and was tied for the game lead in assists. So I'm not going to worry too much about it. I know the cam detractors are going to point out that one for six, but again, in a game like this, his defense and getting those three massive assists that speaks more to, you know, his game than going one for six from the field. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're griping about Cam at this point, then I mean, there's no fixing you. He went five for five from the line. That's that's pretty solid. His offense, or I mean, excuse me, his defense was excellent. Cam has made massive strides, I think, this year defensively. So I have no gripes with Cam Stokes at this point. And he hit a massive three. That was kind of a dagger. One from six, sure, you know, it happens. You have nights like that, but he was great everywhere else, I think. Um, I, I am a little disappointed. Xavier Sneed wasn't able to be on the floor as much. He ended up, you know, 5.6 rebounds, and when he was on the floor, he was doing pretty good for himself. He hit one three. He hit one two-point jump shot. Um, it, it, again, if we didn't have such a defensive great game, I'd probably be harping on Xavier Sneed for those fouls a little bit more because I do want to see him on the floor. Uh, give credit where credit's due. Mac did not foul once in the second half. This is the second or third game in a row where he gets in early foul trouble and then doesn't register any fouls in the second half. Uh, he needs to just take whatever he's doing in the second half and put that into the first half. I I, I think he still played great defense. He grabbed some rebounds. So he, pr- he can prove to himself every single game in the second half he can play without fouling. Hopefully that eventually clicks because he scored, I believe, you know, two quick buckets in that first half. So, or at the beginning of that second half, uh, when he's on the floor, he is a major plus for this team. Yeah, Barry gets all the accolades when it comes to defensive um, prowess, but X, I think, is one of the better defenders, honestly, in this country. He's He's got all the traits that Barry has. He's and he's just longer and maybe even more athletic. He's he's ridiculous and having it having him on the floor is absolutely massive. But you know it was great <laughs> when he uh, got into that foul trouble. We had you know Mikey Mangirl step in and continue that defensive intensity. He was also great tonight. So we didn't really miss a beat. No, no, we didn't. Um, again, shout out to Levi Soccer. He got a couple big minutes in there. Uh, no points, but I, I truly believe when he's on the floor, he is a lot better than a lot of folks give him credit for. Um, just, just all in all, we'll wrap up the you know quick take, hot take on this. I, I I'm going to throw my hot take out there. Uh, I think we are the single best defensive team in the country. Uh, we just proved, you know, against Texas Tech, we are a far better team, and they have those statistical, uh, you know. You know, explored, explore, uh, you know, the, Ken Palm has their number one. Sorry, starting a little bit. I'm, so, I'm just buzzing from this big win. Um, we, we prove we're a better defensive team. If you throw out the anomaly that was that Texas game, I think our numbers are, you know, just as good, if not better than them. So I don't think there's a better team in the conference or the country better on defense. Um, do you got any hot takes for us? My hot us? take is that we are the best team in the conference. That's my hot take. Woo! I genuinely, I genuinely believe that right now. We're the best team in the conference. I would put us, I, I would put us against anyone right now. That's how good I think we're playing. Um, I hope we can keep it up. Um, I don't, I, I hate that we have to kind of break our conference stride. I, 
this may sound really stupid, but I feel like, you know, going to Texas A&M, a game that is genuinely meaningless, um, I'm worried that's going to throw us off a bit um, on the road. I could see us having a little bit of a blip there, and I don't want to screw up any momentum that we have because this game, it doesn't mean anything at all. So I just hope we can stay focused and keep the train rolling. But genuinely, hot take, we're the best thing. We're the best in the conference right now. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, we are currently tied uh, at the top with our, you know, it's the Ad Astra Amigos, K-State KU, 1-2, at the, well, actually, 1-1, one, one, tied for the lead in the conference with Baylor right behind, uh, half game behind, and, you know, we're leaving Texas Tech and Iowa State in the dust. Uh, I disagree with you with the whole, uh, you know, worried about the momentum thing going to Texas A&M. Yeah, it's a little weird, but I actually think it's good. It's not a complete breather or a bye week or anything like that, but I think it gives the, gives the team a chance to – get out of Manhattan, go down to a place where it's not going to be hostile, but still a big enough opponent that they have to stay focused uh, to just kind of break up, you know, the grinder that is the Big 12. I like the conference challenges. I like that all 10 of these games are going to be on ESPN. It really gives the Big 12 a chance to, you know, kind of put it on the, uh, put it on the SEC when it comes to conference, you know, pride. Um, I, I do. I, I let's just do a little game. Uh, let's run through all ten of these games, all of them on the ESPN Family Network. I'm going to be camped out on my couch watching uh, basketball this weekend. Um, we'll start off uh, Iowa State going to Ole Miss. Who do you got in that one? Twenty four versus twenty. I got the clones. I think they'll bounce back from a loss to KU and uh, uh, make a statement. Honestly, where's it at? It's at. Uh... It's it's at Oxford, Mississippi. I, I still have the points. I'm going to take. I'm going to take. I'll take Iowa State as well. I think that's actually going to be one of the better games on this slate. The next one is Alabama is going to Baylor. Uh, this one's on ESPNU. I'm going to go with Baylor. I think they're really starting to show something, even without their best player. Uh, so I, I got Baylor in that. Baylor's. One kind of the surprise team of the Big 12 right now. They're kind of scary. They've already played, you know, West Virginia, KU, and Tech, and they're 4-2, sitting in second. Um, I'm going to go with the Bears. I think Scott Drew has built quite a decent squad. Florida is going into uh, Fort Worth, TCU. Um, I'm going to take TCU, even though I think that they're really starting to tread water. They've had three or four guys transfer out before the second semester starts. Uh, I think TCU might have a rough, you know, J February and March in Big 12 play. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Florida, actually. Um, I just I don't want to be too much of a homer, so I'm taking, taking the Gators. South Carolina, who had a dreadful – Non-con is now four and one in SEC play, going to Oklahoma State. I think Frank gets a win down in Stillwater. Yes, I do too. I go. I'm, I've got Frank, Frank all day. They. Uh, I just saw a video of South Carolina drumline doing a sandstorm, so that's pretty legit. That is very legit. Texas is going to Georgia. I have Texas. I think they're going to end up figuring it out uh, through. This game and in Big 12 playing, they're going to end up being the Big 12's seventh bid into the NCAA tournament. You're cutting out again. I'm sorry. Who was it? Who's, who's this matchup? 
Texas, Georgia, and I said, I think Texas is going to win this. It's going to propel them into a decent Big 12 season. They're going to be the seventh Big 12 okay. in the NCAA I've tournament. got hook'em horns just like in football. West Virginia going to Tennessee. I think Tennessee's going to win this one by third. I do too. Tennessee, easy. Vanderbilt goes to Oklahoma. I think this one's actually going to be a nail-biter, but I think Oklahoma pulls it out. This is a fun matchup. Um, I'm going to go with Vandy. I mean, I don't know why. I'm going to go with Vandy, though. Oklahoma's not necessarily a tough place to play. Might be a little bit better on a Saturday, but Vandy with the uh, road upset. Arkansas is going to Texas Tech. Texas Tech now has a three-game losing streak, and I think that the SEC Challenge is coming at a perfect time for the Red Raiders. I think they do get the win, uh, but I I think it's going to be a little too close for comfort for them. I think that they're really starting to spot. They are, but, ah, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think they're going to bounce back. I'm picking Texas Tech, and I don't think that they're, you know, they're they're clearly not as bad as this three-game slide is uh, indicating, but... I got the Red Raiders. They'll be back. All right. KU is going to Rupp Arena, number nine versus number eight. Are you going to ride with the Wildcats or our Ad Astra Amigos? I've got Kentucky. Um, I think they're a really, really bad matchup. Um, they got some big big guys that are going to cause uh, tons of trouble for KU. Um, I've, got the, I've got the Wildcats, honestly. I have KU. I've seen this story enough times you know folks start to doubt on bill self and then they come out and you know in a, in a big game on the road they're gonna end up beating kentucky i think by you know eight points and then it's gonna propel them into a very good run i don't necessarily like saying it but i've seen it you know we've all seen it a million times i think this is kind of what jumpstarts ku's uh run which is going to really make the big 12 race very interesting and let's conclude K-State's going to Texas A&M. Texas A&M's 7-9. Uh, they're not what everyone thought they were going to be coming into this year. Fran Fraschilla is going to be in the house. This is down in College Station. I, you know, I'm not wavering from this one bit. I think we win, and I think it's a double-digit win. I hope you're right. I, I just have this, you know, I have a bad feeling, but that really hasn't meant anything lately. So um, I just hope that we can keep up that intensity and stay focused. But I, I got the Cats as well. All right, that is it for, uh, you know, quick take, hot take, the basketball stuff uh, going down on the Big 12 SEC Challenge. I'll be watching them all day on Saturday. Uh, Boneheads, tweet us in. How, how bad is the Big 12 going to beat the SEC? Outside of that West Virginia game, I, I could foresee it maybe being a sweep. If Oklahoma State could find a way to upset South Carolina, uh, it could be 9-1 for the Big 12. I, I see big things for the Big 12. Um, I do want to talk on the, you know, bat football news that broke uh, Montekino out. Scotty Hazelton from Wyoming in. He has a big old mountain man beard. Looks like he, you know, bruises on moonshine up in the stills. Uh, he really turned Wyoming around. He has an NFL pedigree where he was a linebacker coach at Jacksonville for a while. Uh, all in all, this is a guy most people thought we were going to hire from the get-go. Are you happy about this defensive coordinator hire? Were you wanting something different? Tell me your thoughts. Uh, I'm happy about it. I actually think it's an improvement on Monachino and or Monachino, whatever. Um, I feel pretty good about it. He seems like 
a pretty darn good defensive coach or a defensive coordinator and um, quickly rising in the ranks of DCs. <clears throat> I, I tell you what, I, I'm very impressed with the defensive staff that uh, old Kleiman put together. I saw the Instagram videos that, you know, today was the first day of winter conditioning. A few of those guys looked a little doughy, which, you know, I shouldn't be able to call <laughs> anyone doughy, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm still looking forward to football, but I'll tell you this right now. This basketball season is shaping up to be what we all hoped it was going to. Um, this Texas Tech game, it was going, you know, everyone had it circled. Everyone knew that if you wanted to do something special, uh, this is a game that you had to win. We just kicked their ass. We beat them by 13. They didn't even score 50 points on us. Um, guys, the, the sky's the limit with this team. It's time to start dreaming. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm taking the brakes off, letting the reins go. Uh, go crazy. Allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to enjoy this. Because I'm telling you, I'm looking at the schedule right now. You have A&M, and then you have Oklahoma State, and then you have KU at home. You're, the chances are, odds are saying that you're going to go into that KU game with a six-game winning streak. You best believe we'll be back in the top 25 at that point. Bramlage will be rocking. It, it, it's time to it's time to dream. Uh, I'm going to take it one game at a time. I'm just going to say let's beat Texas A&M. Um, and I'm going to give a shout-out to the students tonight who were excellent getting out there full force. Uh, the crowd was actually very good tonight in this terrible winter weather. So great job, guys. Let's keep it up. Next time we're in, the doom is going to be against KU. Yeah, it, that, that, that's crazy. That is the next home game. Uh, again, shout-out to the students. Uh, you guys showed up. Uh, it, it, it was amazing. I can't wait to see what you guys bring versus KU. I do want to throw something out there. I know there's a lot of discussion about uh, attendance in all of college sports and especially K-State basketball as is. Uh, during the game, I reached out to someone in the athletic department. I won't say his name because I'm not, I, I don't know if he wants me talking, saying his name. It doesn't matter. But I talked to him. I asked him, hey, do you know the average distance off the top of your head a K-State season ticket holder is from Manhattan? He didn't have that off the top of his head, but he told me over 50% of the season ticket holders are in Kansas City and Wichita. And then there's even a percentage more that live even farther than that two hours away. When you really take into account how spread out the fan base is from Manhattan and the fact that it's still one of the best places to see a game in college basketball and in the Big 12, it truly is insane the miles K-State fans put out there to be able to go to games. It is tough to get out to midweek games, especially games at 6 p.m., I'm not going to try to make excuses. The weather was bad, and even if it wasn't bad, it probably wasn't going to be a full 12,000 in the house. But I think folks really need to take a step back and realize the the miles and the all the planning and the hours that go K-State fans put into supporting the football and especially the basketball teams, especially for these midweek games. It's, it's truly insane when you sit back and realize what K-State fans do and time and energy to support this team. Yeah, they deserve it. They're great. I love this team. Let's keep backing them, baby. I agree. Uh, before we close it out, I do want to give a special shout-out to Steve Keck. He's a great bonehead. His band, Betty the Astronaut, will be playing January 31st at Bluemont Hotel. 
7 to 10 p.m. I'm going to say this. If any bonehead sends me a selfie from their show, I will send you a Bosco's Boys koozie. So get out there. It's a decent band. Uh, we're going to play out with one of their songs. Uh, you know, he's a good guy. Uh, he's a great bonehead. He gets questions in. Grant, do you have anything to say before we close out? Beat Texas A&M. I agree. We love you guys. Meet me at the Cathead. a couple of sips Network.